in me. Oh, come on, say it like you mean. There's a king in me. There's a king in me. I, I, I'm too big to allow the situation that I'm in right now to take me down because there's a king in me. It's not because of who I am, but it's because of who is in me that there is a king in me. So when you wake up tomorrow and you look at yourself in the mirror, just remind yourself there's a, there's a king in me. When you look at the problems that you're about to face on next week, I want you to look yourself in the mirror and remind yourself there is a king in me. There's a king in me. And just as I, my king is risen, so again can I rise over my situation. Why am I more worried than the lily? Why am I more worried than the grass of the field? Why, why, why should I be, feel discouraged? His eye is on the sparrow and his eye is on me. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise in this place. Hallelujah, Lord, we thank you and we love you and we appreciate you even in this moment as you remind us of who we are and what we have in us. Lord, help us to allow your word to push us towards your promises. Allow your word to propel us along the path of destiny that you've designed for us. Help remind us that even when we are weak, Lord, we are strong through you. And the greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And Lord, we accept and believe and stand on all of these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated in the house of the Lord. We're grateful for each of you who've come to join us in person. We're thankful for those who have joined us virtually. And we praise God that he is still working in you. He's operating through you. That his word is propelling you towards your purpose. And that even as we heard on today, that even the small examples in life, sometimes that's just evidence that God is still working through you. For faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. If you go with us quickly to the word of the Lord, we're going to 1 Kings, the 19th chapter. Again, that's 1 Kings chapter 19. And we'll begin our reading around verse 19. Again, that's 1 Kings chapter 19. And we're going to begin our reading around verse 19. And from the English Standard Version, it reads like this. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him. And he was with the 12th. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, let me kiss my father and my mother and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again, for what have I done to you? And he returned from following him and took the yoke of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the yokes of the oxen and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and went after Elijah and assisted or ministered to him. The word of the Lord is blessed and I pray that your heart and your mind and spirit are with us as we share of his word. Today I want to talk to you from the thought, imagine me. Imagine me. 
And when I say imagine me, I want you to look at it as if you are looking at yourself in the mirror. I want you through the, through the course of this message to consider this, you looking at your reflection in the mirror and asking yourself this question. This is your question for this message that I want you to consider as we go through the text is what do I see in the mirror? If I'm looking in the mirror, what do I see in the mirror? When I begin to think of this, when you ask that question, that's some of the most difficult commentary we have relative to ourselves. Often it's easier for us to discuss and talk about somebody else. But then when somebody asks you a question that is personal about yourself, sometimes that takes a little more thought. It takes a little more reflection. When you begin to see yourself. Because a lot of times, even as we see ourselves, we don't necessarily see ourselves as other people see us. Even the, even the vision that we have of ourselves and how we even look physically may be different in the eyes of someone else. So when someone asks you the question about yourself to consider simple questions like, what do you think of yourself? What if on a particular job, on a particular location, what if everybody worked like you work? What do you think is your greatest quality? What do you think is your greatest area of need or, or weakness or in work terms, they say development? They're asking you questions that are personal and when you begin to reflect upon yourself, sometimes it's a lot more difficult to give answers about yourself than you would give about someone else. Again, imagine yourself in the mirror. So considering that in our text, Elisha was out doing what his father did, doing what he was taught to do, doing, and I want you to get this, what he saw. His reflection of himself was not based upon his inner needs or even his inner talents or gifts but rather his idea and concept of what he should be doing was based upon what he saw other people doing. So he was a farmer because my dad was a farmer and my grandfather was a farmer and my great-grandfather was a farmer. So his concept of what he should be doing was based simply upon what he saw. And a lot of times if we consider the weight of the environment upon our young children, especially during their impressionable years, we'd get a better understanding of how they act and how they behave and how they prioritize things and even the jobs that they desire in their future. If you live in a certain area and the most successful person in your eyes is a drug dealer, then you're going to want to be a drug dealer. Because you're basing your concept of yourself and your concept of your gifts and your talents and, and even the limits of what you're able to accomplish based on what you see. And then someone in the same city, their father was a, a mayor and their grandfather was the mayor and their great-grandfather was in politics. So they see themselves as a politician. They see themselves as a president. They see themselves as a senator. Not because they are more talented than the one who saw the drug dealer. But they're basing their worth 
and their talents and their gifts and their concept of what they can achieve based on what they saw. There's power in what you see. And it is so powerful that it's often difficult to shatter that concept in the mind of someone whose gifts would try to take them to another place. The man who sees the drug dealer, Mike, could be the math teacher. But he's basing his concept of what he can be on what he saw. And that's no different than Elisha. Elisha in our text is sitting in the field and, he, and he's plowing. And we may never have known the story of Elisha if Elijah had not thrown his cloak upon him. And when he threw his cloak upon him, what he was doing is saying, imagine yourself in another place. Imagine yourself with more purpose. Imagine yourself with a different destiny. Imagine yourself differently. And if I do anything during the course of this message, I, I pray that I can, if not literally, but, but in your mind, conceptually, I am trying to toss a cloak upon you so that you can imagine yourself a little differently than you've seen yourself before. Imagine me different. That's what Elijah did. He, he, he threw his mantle upon Elisha, and, and when he threw his mantle upon him, Elisha immediately released the plow. There was power in, in, in the mantle. There, I believe there was anointing in, 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 the, in what Elijah did that caused Elisha to see himself differently. All Elisha was imagining what was, was what was exactly in front of him. Before Elisha threw his mantle on him, Elisha was so busy trying to get the road straight with the plow that he couldn't see anything else. And some of us are so focused on what is in front of us that we can't see further ahead than a few feet in front of the plow. I'm so busy working this job and I'm so busy raising these kids and I'm so busy paying these bills that I can't imagine myself doing anything that extends beyond the few feet that stand in front of the plow. Sometimes we're too busy. Point at somebody and say, sometimes you're too busy. You, 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 you are too busy. Because often you get so busy that you cannot reconceptualize something that God wants to do in your life. You see some of the opportunities that are out there in the world and you are so busy working the job that you're on right now, you can't imagine yourself doing anything different. You can't imagine yourself in another place. You can't imagine yourself fulfilling God's purpose that he has often spoke to you in your life. And some of you already know it's not, it's not news to you today, but often God has called you to a greater purpose and he has spoken it in your ear, but you have lacked the imagination to step out on what God told you. God told you you're going to do this and God told you you're going to accomplish that. And God told you you're going to reach these people. And God has given you evidence of the purpose that he has put in your life. But you can't see it because your eyes are too fixated on the road that you're trying to run with the plow that you have your hands upon. And you're too busy 
to conceptualize anything else. Too busy. And if you think you're too busy, I want you to think about your ancestors for a minute. Because your ancestors were busy under the weight of the whip. Your ancestors were busy under the the demands of their master. Your ancestors were busy under the weight of the work, the, the egregious work that they had to do on the plantation. But even in the midst of all of that work, Even in the midst of the threat of death, the threat of the plow, the threat of their families being separated and the long hours of work that they had to put in every day. Somebody amongst them said, I imagine myself outside this place. I imagine myself free of this situation. I imagine myself not dying where I am, but I imagine myself living a life of liberty and freedom. I can imagine and conceptualize something different than what I see in front of the plow. Imagine myself beyond picking the cotton, harvesting the crop. I imagine myself here. I can imagine even as the, as the lashes of the whip were being thrown upon their back, somebody would say, I can imagine myself free. I imagine myself not here. I imagine myself doing greater. I imagine myself walking in God's purpose. I can imagine something greater than where I am right now. And and the word was telling us, I'm giving you power to do that. Jesus said, you haven't asked anything in my name, but if you ask in my name, do it so that your joy might be full. And he said, and nothing shall be impossible to you. He told Peter, he said, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. And he said, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. What he's saying is that I'm unlocking the door to something greater than what you're experiencing right now. You don't have to stay where you are right now. You don't have to stay there. Point at somebody and say, you don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. Let me make it personal. I don't have to stay here. I, I, I have a king in me. <laughs> I, I, I have the, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead on the inside of me. I, I don't have to stay where I am. If the grave couldn't hold my Savior down, my circumstances can't hold me. They don't have the power. They don't have the authority. They don't have God's permission to hold me where I am. I simply need to open my eyes, re-envision myself in the mirror, and see that I can go to a greater place than where I am right now. But the first step to reimagining yourself is you sometimes have to look in the mirror. You have to get there. And sometimes we avoid Situations that of assessment for fear of, uh, of what we are going to see. We fear assessment. We fear looking at ourselves. Let me break it down. We, we fear in our, our journey to be healthy and lose weight. We fear stepping on the scales. Come on in here. Because that's a sense of assessment. It's going to tell me where I am and I, I'm not happy with where I am. But to get to where you're going, you're going to have to come on here with me. You're going to have to recognize and take hold and understand where you are. It's going to require some assessment. 
Some of you, you're on your journey to be financially free, but you don't want to check your credit score, baby. That you're going to have to come to a point of assessment because if you want to go to a greater place, you have to first assess where you are. You need to look at yourself in the mirror. Some of you don't even like your reflection in the mirror and you, you avoid the mirror, but it is a place of assessment for me to see where I am right now. I have to take this mirror moment as a moment of improvement, but also as a moment of reimagination. How can I reimagine? How can I reimage? How can I reimage until I first get the image? I can't reimagine myself if I don't even know what I look like right now. To reimagine, I first have to see the image of where I am right now, so I have to be honest with myself. I'm going to have to step on the scale. I'm going to have to check my credit score. I'm going to have to look at myself in the mirror and get an image of where I am so I can re-image, re-imagine where I'm going. And I might not be there yet, but when I assess, I know I can get better. I need to form, in in, in the scientific world, I need a baseline. I need baseline data. I need to figure out where I am right now so that I know when I'm getting better. Come on in here with me now. For those of you who are getting more healthy, sometimes you don't even have to get on the scale, but you just get dressed one day and like, hold on. These these pants are a whole lot loose. Oh, come on here with me now, because I know you get excited when it happens. Oh, these are a lot more loose than they used to be. You are reimagining because you've already gotten the image of where you are. So therefore, you're in a position to reimagine where you are because you recognize first where you were. I'm getting better. The reason I know I'm getting better is because I knew where I was. Come on in here. So, when, so you can celebrate a little bit. My, uh, my, my credit score w- w- was 550, but don't, don't talk about it. But now it's 575, baby. It's not great, but I'm getting... Come on in here with me now. Somebody talk to me. I, I, I'm getting, I'm getting, getting better. I'm looking at myself in the mirror and, and the jacket that I could barely get my arm in. Now it fits and it's a little extra. I see it in the mirror. I'm reimagining because I'm able to reimage because I first got an image of where I was. So now I can tell you that I'm getting better. Had a student in a behavioral class and when he came to class, I'm talking about every day the boy cried for 30 minutes. Every day. What took him into a little room so he could cry and wouldn't be embarrassed in front of his peers every day. And he would sit there and cry with me and we'd, we'd talk through his crying. And then after a few weeks, uh, you know, I'm praying too. I'm using, my, 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 I'm using the skills at work, but I'm also praying for this young man. But I, after a little while, after a few weeks, he came to school and he wasn't going to class. But guess what? He wasn't crying. Uh, so somebody might say, he's not making it to class. Baby, you don't understand where he came from. Come on. Come on in here with me now. He used to come to school and cry every day, but now he might not be making it to class, but he's not crying. And then after a while, not only was he not crying, but then he started going to class for half a day. 
And somebody with the glass half empty mentality might say, well, he's not making it to class all day. Baby, you don't understand where he came from. You're trying to reimagine. Let me re-image and tell you where the image started. And it started with him crying every day for 30 minutes. But now now he he elevated himself from that to then he just came to school and didn't cry. And now he's going to class for half the day. Then we got to a point where he was going to all his classes, but then he wasn't getting all his work done. And somebody was like, oh, I wish he'd get all his work done. Baby, let me give you an, an image. Let me take you back to when he was going for just half a day. And then we'll go back to when he wasn't going at all. And I'll take you even further back to when he cried every time he came. Baby, you don't understand where he came. Oh, and I wish I had somebody in here with a testimony. Baby, you might be laughing at where I am right now. But if you understood where I came, you understand how far I I came from and I, and I want to give you a testimony for the little the young man. I got a I got a picture of him during during May and they sent me a picture of him during May and he had a diploma in his hand and, and I wish y'all were here with me and he had he had his graduation robe on and he had a big smile on his face because he earned his diploma. But baby, if you could understand where he came from, he may not have had the same GPA as somebody in the top ten. But baby, you don't know where it I wish you were here he, he may not have gotten accepted to all the schools and all the colleges that everybody else applied for but baby I need you to understand for just a few moments where he came where he came from so now I, I can see him with a diploma but he had to reimagine himself where he came from and some of you right now you you can't see yourself getting to where God said you're going to go but I want you to appreciate the journey and just take a few moments to praise God for where you came from I might not be in my final destination but if you take a moment I'll tell you where I came from because we overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony and if you got five minutes let me give you my testimony I was sinking deep in sin far from the blissful shore very deeply staying within sinking to rise no more but the master I wish I had help here but the master of the sea heard my cry and from the water he lifted me now safe in my and it was loud it was loud somebody tell me I don't know what you've been through I don't know where you came from but if you got a few minutes you ought to give God praise for what it brought you through you ought to give him glory for how it brought you out you ought to give him some praise to let the world know you don't know my story you don't know what I've been through but I praise him hallelujah I praise him Everybody said it to you. 
We can get so caught up in waiting for us to get there that we forget to praise God along the way. Baby, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm praising God from where I am because I remember where I used to be. I remember where I used to be. I remember where I used to be. And if I got some real folks, they'll say it. You'll say it with me. It was nothing but the grace of God. Nothing. Nothing but the grace of God. I should have been dead. I should have been gone. I should have died in my sin. But only by God's grace and his mercy am I here. For that I'm grateful, and for that I'm thankful. The thing about it, we say reimagining, but all we're really doing is seeing ourselves like God already sees us. Because the misnomer in reimagining is that nobody has ever seen that image before. But the thing is, God said, you're, re- not, you're not reimagining. He's saying, that's how I already see you. <laughs> We're just using our goggles of faith to see ourselves as God already sees us. Again, I take you down to the valley of the dry bones. Ezekiel, what do you see? You see, I see a lot of bones in the valley. They're very many. And they're very dry. God asked him, can these bones live? The prophet said, thou knowest. And God says, I see an exceeding great army that is spread out in the middle of of the valley you see yourself as broken you see yourself as in pieces but God sees you as the completed masterpiece that he has created you to be and that's why the songwriter said please be patient with me be patient with me I mess up I do and think the wrong things. I say the wrong things, but but be patient with me. God is not through. He's not through with me. I'm still on the wheel of the potter, and the potter is shaping me into what he desires me to be. He's not finished yet. Don't judge my incompleteness. Don't judge me for my incompleteness. When you're in school, That's one of the marks that we often forget. They'll give you the A, they'll give you the B, they'll give you the C, the D and the F, but they also often might give you the I. And the I means incomplete. Somebody might be judging you and trying to give you an F, but God has given me an I. You're looking at me and said, I'm below standard 
you, you're giving me a, a D minus, but God has given me an I. I you, you're looking at my past and you're trying to give me a failing grade, but God has given me an I. And the I is very incomplete. He's saying, don't judge him yet. I'm not through with him. So when you look in the mirror, what you're looking at is incomplete. But I need you to put on your eyeglasses of faith and begin to reimagine yourself. And when you imagine me, imagine yourself and see yourself the way that God, the way that God, the way that God sees you. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you right now. Hallelujah. That we are incomplete. And yet is our story. Our story is not complete. Our final chapter has not yet been written. But Lord, we know in it all, we have the victory. Thanks be to God who has already given us the victory. So Lord, when I see the frailties in myself, when I see the incomplete picture, which is my life, Lord, don't allow me to be anxious. Don't allow me to be depressed. Don't allow me to feel like a failure, Lord, because yet there is a king in me. Your spirit is yet working through me. Help me to see and imagine myself beyond the plow, beyond the lines in front of the plow. Lord, even beyond the field and beyond the farm, beyond the limits of what my senses can perceive, but allow me to step out on faith and Lord, see myself the way you see me. Lord, I pray this prayer in thy son Jesus' name and let it be so. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise for those who've been watching online. We pray that you live by faith until we shall see you again. God bless you. Come on, bright to I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.